Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. All right. I want to, I want to just begin um, by revisiting the last session. And um, how many of you at least received an impression, um, saw something, uh, maybe even sensed maybe Jesus saying something to you? How many of you got something you wrote it down? That's fantastic. Really brilliant. And uh, for those of you who didn't sense that you got anything, just revisit that exercise. It's really important, especially now when we come to the second part. The second reason why... Very often, um, the spirit is quenched and, and prophecy is despised because we don't understand um, what the voice of God sounds like. How does he speak? And, um, you know, sometimes you hear people testify, and you, you know, they're having a whole conversation with the Lord and you're going like, how do they do that? Because I don't hear nothing, you know. And so I want to just go through some of the characteristics of the voice of God. Then we're going to revisit that scene at the well, and you're going to do the same exercise. Uh, This time you're going to listen differently because you're going to understand how God's voice comes. Are you all good? Are you good? All right, there's no excuses for amens now. You've been to the toilet. You've had your tea and coffee. You've had a happy bun, so you should all be smiling. Amen. Good. Awesome. So uh, the first thing is um, about receiving the word of the Lord. So... um, not everybody hears the voice of God the way I'm going to explain, but the majority do. Um, some have just a sense of knowing. And, I, I, you know, I remember one year somebody had a prophetic dream for the church, and they told me about it. I didn't know what it meant, you know. And uh, so I, I knew it was important. So I prayed the whole night. I locked myself in church at 7 o'clock. I came out at 7 o'clock the next morning. And it was the early hours of the morning when suddenly I got the interpretation of the dream. I prayed complete right through the night, and then I was able to deliver the word and, and teach, teach the word out into the church. So um, I, I then had an assistant pastor, associate pastor, Helen Cannon, and uh, Bobby's met Helen. And uh, she had just come to work early, and she was in her office. And I walked in, and I said, wow, you know that dream that so-and-so had? I said, I prayed all night, and and early hours this morning, God spoke to me, and I know what the dream means. And she looked and said, oh, I know what it means. I said, did you pray through the night? She said, no. When they told me, I knew what the dream meant. I'm like, how do you do that? You know, I, I'd have prayed a whole night. But, you know, some people just have a sense of knowing. And uh, you find very often it's, it particularly fits the feminine, feminine gender. This is no things, you know. It irritates me. It really irritates me. Because I have to pray hours, and my wife just goes like, yeah, but I knew that. Well, then, like, why didn't you tell me? I prayed, you know. And so just a sense of knowing, or an impression. Um, some people, you know, they prophesy this way, and, and um, they, they very often speak this way from the Lord. They hear God, and it's more just like a spontaneous flow. And by the way, it's one of the Hebrew words for a prophet is nabi, and nabi or navi, which means to bubble forth. And uh, those are the most difficult prophetic words to handle in a church service setting uh, because it's like if you're teaching people and you're setting up 
protocol in the church. It's like, right, if you feel like you have a prophetic word and this happens fantastically, it filters out all the wackos, you know? The people that rebel in other churches, don't fit in other churches, give the other pastors a hard time, split the churches. Then they come to word church because it's a prophetic church. So I can come and dump my gift here. Whoa. No, 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 you can't. And so in our church is protocol. And um, so when we have a conference, we say, nobody, if I don't know you, you don't prophesy in this church. If you're not part of the team, and I don't know, if you're one of our pastors, you're welcome to, but let's do it decently in order. Let's do protocol. None of this parking lot prophecies. If somebody comes and visits the church and they grab you outside and, oh, by the way, I've got a prophetic word, immediately take them and say, well, let's go and stand with Pastor Bruce, and then you can prophesy. It'll be the last time. Okay, some of you are looking at me like really strange. Okay, if you're doing it, repent. Don't do it. Is that okay? Don't do it. Um, you know, if God wants to say something to someone, don't hide in a corner somewhere and da-da-da-da. And, and I'm not saying if it's, if it's within the fellowship and you're in relationship and you know one another, that's a different story. You understand what I'm saying? And I had two brothers that came up and greatly encouraged me yesterday and just said, I feel like I have a word for you. And they came and shared the word. Fantastic. It's, it's in the setting of the church, and I, and I, I know that they're part of um, um, the word church, and that's cool. And so it can happen spontaneously, but I'm talking about people coming in. Or if you go and visit another church, I tell my people, I don't want to hear that you've gone visited another church and you've gone up and taken the microphone and said to the pastor, I've got a word for the church, when he doesn't know you. That's wrong. That's not protocol. Because then you're just dumping a gift and trying to impress. Sit down, shut up, enjoy the service. That's not your house. Are you all good? And, and all of those things lend to the confusion of the prophetic. And that's why there are so many churches that go like, prophecy. We don't want anything to do with that. Amen? Come on, we discipline. We mature. Are you good? All right. So, so um, people that, that, that prophesy spontaneously when bubbles forth, even then, you know, if it's a word that is out of line. Um, I visited a massive church. It was really a, a big church many years ago. And I was so impressed with that church because after the worship, it was in the right place, the right time. Um, a man stood up and he brought a message in tongues. He just stood up and, the pastor stood up and said, brother, he said, that's not a message for the church. That was for your personal edification. Uh, just sit down and keep speaking in tongues and keep building yourself up in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, pastor. He sat down. He didn't get offended. Didn't storm out the church. I'm like, whoa, there's maturity in this church. Then a lady stood up, and she says, Thus saith the Lord, and she prophesied in King James English. And uh, thus saith the Lord, because it's got more authority if you speak like Paul did, you know. And, uh, and thus saith the Lord, and she started to prophesy. And I'm going like, oh, wow, let's see what happens here. So the, I was just a student there. So the pastor stood up, and he said, My sister, that's a word from the Lord. Uh, body, let's accept that, let's acknowledge that, let's respond to that. That's a prophetic word for the church. And that's how he managed the expression of the gifts through the whole meeting. Nobody offended, nobody upset, and it's my ministry, and how dare he? He dare he, because he's responsible for this church. Amen? You will not answer to God for what goes on. Yeah, he wills, they will. And even if they're correct and they're wrong, it's not your responsibility. It's them trying to protect you and trying to teach you. Are you good? 
Amen. I'm, I'm tired of the fly-by-nights and the lone rangers and the shotguns. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm over them. Amen. I'm over the, I'm appointed as a watchman to the body of Christ. I shot one down just before our conference. I mean, I mean, I just brought out the howitzers. I'm a watchman to the body of Christ and you've got a witch in your church. I said, sister, who are you? Who are you? I said, you're not a watchman in this church. I'm the watchman of this church. And I said, I don't know you. Who are you? Who appointed you? I said, by the way, there's no such thing as a watchman, watchman in the New Testament. And then she started fighting me. I said, there is no such thing as watchman in the New Testament. That was an Old Testament concept because it was a theocracy and the, the prophets ruled in the place of the kings because very often the kings were corrupt. They were watchmen. There's no such thing as a watchman to the body of Christ. In the, you know, now I'm up to here with all of that stuff. So anyways, let's be nice again. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. Are you all good? And so there's protocol. There's protocol within the body. There's decency and in order. And if you can't handle it, sit down, shut up, don't prophesy. But if you want to be big enough to prophesy, be big enough to be corrected, directed, and, and you know, given the slot and given the time and whatever. Are you, are you all cool? So if there's defined parameters, it'll sort out. We call them squirrels. Because, you know, when, the, when God starts to move, like squirrels, they come out of the woods and they just appear. It's like they can smell a move of God. And it's like, yippee, this is our opportunity to prophesy. You know, it's like, no, no, it's not. It's not. Not, not here. I hope I haven't put anybody off prophesying now. But anyways, but if you're in the body, if you're connected, if you're submitted, if you're related, and people know you, absolutely, absolutely, flow in, pro- in the prophetic. Amen? Are you all good? And, and that's what we're trying to encourage, the correct use of prophecy. All right, so we need to learn how to, um, how to recognize the voice of the Lord, having said what I've said about the spontaneous and the bubbling forth and all of that kind of thing. One of the best ways to sort out um, the, the prophetic is to have a procedure in the church and uh, have an elder at the back, especially when it becomes uh, more prolific. You have an elder at the back, someone like Mike. <clears throat> He's got a deadpan. I've got a, a guy that's like Mike. Uh, his name's Ian, Ian Brown. He's got this deadpan look. And it doesn't mean they don't care and they don't feel. It's just you don't know how to read them. And, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant. And so a potential visitor, you know, who wants to prophesy must go up to Mike and tell him, this is what I sense the Lord is saying. And then if they feel, he feels it's a word from God, he can give them the microphone and say, Pastor Bruce, I, you know, I vetted it. I think it's okay. But look, if it's somebody visiting, say, sorry, we don't know. You sit down and enjoy the service. And, and you start doing that kind of thing, the squirrels don't come because it's like there's accountability. Where your ushers are trained in the parking lot, and if you see one of these knuckleheads come and, and, to, and they want to start prophesying to the people in the parking area, just walk up and stand there and say, hi, good morning, who are you? In the toilets, that's the other one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like what Rick Godwin calls them. He calls them outhouse prophets. Because they want to prophesy in the outhouse, you know. Are you all good? Okay. I've, I've had the harsh words, so let's move on. So learning to hear God's voice. Um, God does speak, and we can hear his voice, and we need to learn how to recognize. It's very interesting. I used to teach this until I heard Prophet Quibbers. I used to teach that there's three possible voices we can hear. 
until one day Prophet Kubis corrected me. He had a habit of doing that. And I'd go, okay, Prophet, I didn't see that. Thank you, thank you. And John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Okay, look at the person next to you and say, I mean, no, look at the person next to you and say, you're a sheep, you're one of his sheep, you hear his voice. Amen? All right, now listen, look at what it says a bit further. John 10, chapter, uh, John chapter 10 verse 5, uh, it says this, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Wow. Wow. Well, that there is worth um, another 200 rand each. Because I've just helped you. I've cut one third of the voices out of the, 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 the equation. Because this is what we used to teach. You've got to discern because you can hear the devil's voice or your voice or the voice of the Holy Spirit. Well, I've taken one third out. It's either your voice or the Holy Spirit now. Are you all good? Because you don't know. Listen, this is for, for Bible-loving believers. You don't know the voice of the stranger, the devil. You don't know it. But you know the voice of the shepherd. And you certainly know your voice. So now you've just got to discern now, is this the voice of my flesh, my reasoning, or is this the voice of the Holy Spirit? That's all. Come on, that was worth an amen. I mean, that was, when I, when I got that, I started to flow much more accurately in the prophetic. It was like, dude, this is either me or the Holy Spirit. So if it's me, John, shut up. You know, if it's the Holy Spirit, speak, Lord. Are you good? Amen? All right, so, so let's move on then. So there's um, uh, um, a couple of things that I want to just mention. Three basic safety measures. Once again, know the Word of God. All right? Know the Word. Number two, be accountable to leadership. Be submitted, be accountable. And, and you'll see a little bit later, especially when I talk about prophesying. When you come to prophesying, you need to be prepared, especially in the beginning when you're still learning, to even come and submit a prophetic word to your pastors or to your leaders and say, I felt the Lord saying this to me for a person, this particular person in the church. I just want to run it by you. How does it sound to you? I've got people in my church that do that. They come and they will say, uh, I've got a guy that, I mean, he's gone through our prophetic training and he's, he's become incredibly prophetic. He's much more prophetic than what I am. I mean, he's, he's scarily accurate. I mean, he's terrifying. But every time God gives him a word, he will come and just say, Prophet, I just want to run this past you. There's a particular uh, person in the church here, and I, I was just praying, uh, you know, and, he know, and I know he knows nothing. I know he knows nothing. And this is what the Lord, I felt like the Lord's saying. How does it sound? And then sometimes I'll say to him, listen, um, what I would do, this, I, would, I would have this as my approach, and, um, you know, and this is how I would present it. Um, and share it with the person, and then he'll say, oh, thank you so much, and he'll go off and share. And then I'll see the impact of the word afterwards. So we sent them out to a, a facility for drug addicts and street people. It's called Elam Haven, and we're involved there. And quite a few of the drug addicts have now given their lives to Jesus. We baptized 11 of them the other day. Some of them have got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of them were at the conference. And uh, just really powerful. <clears throat> so anyway, he comes to me Saturday morning prayer meeting, and he goes, Prophet, he said... Uh, um, last week, Sunday night, when we were at Elam um, Haven, he said, I, I just, I got two men's names. And the one was, and I, I got this man's name. Let's just say Bruce. He said, you are Bruce, and you're from Zanin. And he said, I called the name out 
There was no bruise from Zanin. Now I'm so confused. I was sure I heard from God. So he said, what do I do with that? So I said to him, I said to him, uh, there's a couple of things that you can do. Number one, it may be that God gave you that name, not necessarily for a person in the meeting, but you can be praying for a Bruce from Zanin. That's the incredible beauty of the body of Christ. Bruce from Zanin doesn't even know someone's praying for him. Praying for him. So that's, that's number one. I said, number two, you can wait, and maybe in the next meeting, call it out again, and there might be a Bruce from Zanin. So I said, oh, cool. I said, I've had words, and I said, the other, the third thing you can do is just say, is there a Bruce from Zanin yet? No. Right, does anyone know a Bruce from Zanin? And then you can share a prophetic word with that person. I, I've done that many times. Call out a person's name, and someone will say, oh, I work with a person by that name. And then you know, I remember the one, and I said, I see him this week, this week. I see him with a suit and tie going for a job interview, and it's the job of his dreams, and he's always wanted that job. Tell him, tell him I say, God says he will have that job. And the lady went to work, and she said, this is what my, my pastor, he had a word, and, and he called your name. I think I was like, really? And she said, yeah, I saw you going for a job interview this week in a suit. And he went like, shh, don't say anything. I'm going for a job interview this week. And uh, he did. He got dressed up in a suit. He went. He got the job. And there was someone not even in church. So anyways, so next meeting he goes, and he sees this guy, and he walks over to pray for this guy, and he says, hi, my name's Johan. What's your name? He said, my name's Bruce. And he went like, what? He said, where are you from? He said, from Zanin. He said, I had a word from you, word from God for you two weeks ago. Cool? Amen. So, so there's, um, I don't know how I got to that, but that was good anyway. Uh, okay, yes. Yes, accountable, accountable, submitted to authority. So he runs it past me because he's learning. Are you cool? Don't be so arrogant and think you've got it all. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part, we prophesy in part. Is that okay? But when perfection comes, the more we mature, the more the gift matures. So in the beginning, do that. Uh, number three, have a, a teachable and a humble spirit. Always be willing to learn. The fact that you're here says that you've got this third point down. Okay? You're adopting a teachable and a humble spirit. Right, so let's go to four key aspects to hearing the voice of God. So let's have a look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Habakkuk chapter 1, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. All right. So it's, it's, um, it's not Donata that's slow, it's the software that's slow. Okay? So be patient, merciful, and gracious. There it is. Here's Habakkuk. I'm going to break these two verses down. All right? Watch this. I will stand I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. First key to hearing the voice of God. And that is to position yourself inwardly in your heart, in your spirit to position yourself in in a in a quiet still posture. That's why a little bit earlier I was talking to you about becoming still. All right? And that's learning how to still yourself. If stuff is busy raging through your life and going on, and your mind is like, you know, the little treadmill with a little, on, you, you, you can't hear the voice of God. He's a gentleman, he's polite, and he's not pushy. And so you have to teach yourself how to, sorry, you have to teach yourself how to position, to station yourself quiet. You will notice there's a, a distinct discernible difference between Prophet Bobby when he's preaching and when he's prophesying. 
because he's preaching more or less a prepared message, but where inspiration comes in. But when he's prophesying, he's, he's, he's standing, he's stilling himself, and you'll see a completely different posture. And because he's quietening the stimulus that's coming and the messages and signals that are coming into his mind and heart, because when you're in the prophetic flow, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to confuse, but I'll just, every now and then I'll just throw something out. Because you can pick up, if, if you're ministering in a line, you pick up things from other people. And you've got, to, you've got to distinguish and discern what is the message for this person. Are you all cool? But also, normally it's the rat race of what's going on. And you know, the incredible thing about it is we have a conscience that the enemy loves to use. And that is that when you start to move in the prophetic, he'll remind you of the argument that you had with your wife, your conscience. How you got so irritated on your way to church, you kicked the dog out the way. And I know they don't do it here in Kimberley, but up there in Joburg where we are, they sign language to the taxi drivers. It's a big one. It's a big one. A lot of Christians have lost their sanctity. Their sanctification has gone out the window. They have to repent all the way. Jesus, forgive those taxi drivers. Because up where we are, it's manic. And, and so your conscience will come up and it will just start to remind you. I don't know if you've ever gone to pray for a person who's sick. And the pastor says, listen, I want you to go pray for that person. The person's sick. And you find until you get there. And as you're walking in, all the fear and anxiety rises up inside of you. What if they're not healed? What if they're not? What if they're not? And, and you've got to take control of all of those distractions. You've got to quieten your conscience, speak to your conscience. You know, you've got to bring your conscience before God. And God says, you know, he's greater than our hearts and he can set our hearts at peace in his presence. You know, if we say, sorry, Lord, forgive us. And then you've got to still your heart and just get into the place. And the prophets knew the posture, the inner posture in which to go, even in the busyness. You know, you're going down the prayer line, you're praying, and, you, and everybody goes like, wow. It's awesome, but, but there's a quiet inside. Even though you may be prophesying, da, 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 going, but inside there's a quiet calm and you're just listening for the Spirit. Well, good? That's a valuable point there. That was worth an amen at least. All right. Second point. Second point. He said, I will look to see what he will say to me. Now, I want you to understand, and a lot of you are Afrikaans, but that's very bad English. That's not delicious English. You don't look to see what he will say. You listen to hear. First one, yeah? Yeah? So the prophets knew the visual aspect of the voice of God. So he was saying, I'm going to look to see what he will say to me. Second key. Now, I've already spoken to you about vision. So we're talking about those two. The spontaneous unsought images or the, the ones where I'm wo- working down a line and I'm just saying, Lord, what do you have for the sister of mine? What do you have for my brother here? Jesus. And I'm, I'm pushing into the spirit and I'm presenting the eyes of my heart and saying, Lord, what do you have to say? Are you cool? So, so that's the looking to see with your spiritual eyes. What picture, what image, what comes to mind? You know, and it could be a simple little thing. It could be a simple little thing. It could be, you know, a prickly pear. Well, why am I seeing a prickly pear? Well, we can come to that just now. But what image, what picture comes? Remember to grab it, apprehend it, and bring it, and hold it, and look at it. So I will look to see what he'll say to me. And what answer I am to give to this complaint? Because Habakkuk was complaining to the Lord, and he needed an answer. Let's go to the next verse, verse 2. Then the Lord replied, 
write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. Now here it comes. And the Lord replied. Everyone say the Lord replied. So now remember, he stationed himself. He looked to see what the Lord would say. And then the Lord replied. This was the spontaneous flow of thoughts that came. And this is the part that I want to talk about. Okay? So he's engaged with the picture, like um, Zechariah saw the lampstand. And then he hears words saying, this picture is the word of the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, picture speaks a thousand words. God's very clever. You know, he created us. So he will give us a picture and an image with a flow of thoughts and the impact, first of all, on yourself. The understanding of what God's saying is much fuller and much greater. And then your delivery comes with a greater depth of understanding. Are you cool? All right. And then last one, verse 3, uh, for the revelation where it speaks there and will not prove false. No, so let's go back to verse 2, let's go to you, where he says, write the revelation down. I, I just call that um, a response. Okay, acceptance and response to, the, to what God has just said. Okay, so when he says, write it down, what you're doing is accepting, affirming the message that you feel that the Lord has given you, how he's speaking to you. Are you all good? Great. All right, so, so the first one is becoming still and silent. The second one is the role of seeing in the process of hearing. The third is learning what God's still small voice sounds like. The fourth one is acknowledgement and acceptance, writing down the revelation. All right. I'm not going to take too long with this, but um, if you're new in the prophetic, you're still wanting just to learn, um, it's very good for you to practice, practice the stillness, because that's the hardest part as far as I'm concerned, because there's, there's so much that is clamoring for our attention. And, and until we are more tuned into the language of the Spirit, what I see with my eyes, hear with my ears, um, the struggles that I'm going through, the, the, the runaway train of my thoughts, especially when I'm under pressure and I'm, anxiety, and I, and I'm full of anxiety, <clears throat> for me to, to quieten myself, that's the hardest part. But once you've learned and you learn how to still your heart, um, that's the place where the, the Spirit of God can then interject um, in, into the you know, the busyness of your, the processing of your thoughts and minds and imaginations. You will understand that. So a good example was Prophet Quirbus with Pietrus when they were messing around in the, the mall the one day. And I, I think it was Quirsi and Pietrus were, were play fighting and uh, Pietrus fell and he hit his head on the tiled floor and um, um, he just started to bleed out. He was bleeding out through his ears. It cracked the back of his skull. Um, there was blood running out of his nose. <clears throat> I mean, it was really dire. Uh, um, I mean, it was, it was a, a, a terrible thing. It affected Petrus for a long time. But anyway, he was bleeding out, laying on the floor. And Prophet Quirbus said he went down and he was praying for Petrus, but he was hysterical on the inside. And he was just commanding life, commanding life, commanding life. And he said just in that moment, God spoke to him and he said, get your peace, get your peace. Be still, get your peace. Get your peace. And he said, with all of the stimulus, the blood running out, big pool of blood on the floor, the Muslim shop owners were running around, they were trying to call an ambulance and all this kind of thing. He had to look at his son bleeding out, and he had to just say, peace to his own heart. Peace, get peace, peace. 
And he said, once he got peace, he went again and he spoke and um, commanded life to appear to us and, and God touched him and he revived. Amen? And so, even in miracles, I'm helping you with some other things. Is just get that peace. Get that peace. Don't speak the word of God, you know, frantically, out of panic. There's no power in it. You have to still the storm in your own heart and then you begin to prophesy. Cool? So, practice this. Manage your, your distractions. Remove as many as them you can. Determine your motivation. It's very important always. What is your motivation for hearing from God? Is it to impress others or to bless others? What is your motivation for hearing? Or hearing because you're in love with the shepherd and you want to hear his voice? And it's important for us to determine these. Is it to impress or to bless? Is it just for the experience? Or is it because you want to be available to him to use you in whatever way he wishes? And then practice becoming quiet. Use biblical truths. Enter into stories like I just said to you about the, the woman at the well. Except this time it's not the woman at the well. It's you sitting at the well. But you could even go and visit that story and see the woman coming up, Jesus sitting on the well. See the conversation and allow it to become alive. What I found is that, is that if I get quiet before the Lord, sometimes I, get, I, I use the canvas of my own imagination. And I paint the story. For example, I, I'm going to go and uh, minister somewhere. Then I, I, I sit down or I, whatever. When I'm praying, I might be walking or whatever. I try to imagine the church, even if I've never been there before. And, and because the layouts of most churches are normally the same. And then I just say, oh, Lord, all right, what have you got to say um, for anybody in the church? Is there any, any person you want to minister? Sometimes that's when I'll get a name. Or I'll get a uh, color of a lady's hair or the style of her hair. I'll see a particular item of clothing um, that they're wearing. Something like that. And I'll see the color. And, in, in, and, and I'm just practicing. I'm painting the brushstroke. So I'm seeing the church. People sitting there, maybe three blocks, whatever. And I paint it. And then I sit and I start to look into that scenery. I start to penetrate with my, my gaze into the spirit. And I say, Lord, what is there? What is there? What is there? And then I'll see something, and then I'll write it down and say, okay, Lord. And when I'll go back and revisit, and i say, all right, Lord, the, the lady with that turquoise uh, jersey, what, what's the word of the Lord for her? That brother over there that I see sitting like, sitting like that with his hand like that, what's the word for him? And I begin to press the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God's really gracious. He'll give me stuff before I get there. Sometimes it's not. It's just that as I'm ministering, I just see someone, and I, you know, then the images start flowing or the impressions start flowing. But you understand what I'm saying? And so, you, but that comes out of a stillness. When you start to, to present your eyes and start to paint the canvas, the Holy Spirit comes and breathes life into it and it comes alive. And suddenly, doof, doof, here it is. I was flying down to um, Strace by. I landed in, um, I landed in, wherever I landed, and the, the, the pastor picked me up and took me to the church and he announced, you know, Prophet John is coming. So that immediately puts a lot of pressure on you because everybody's expecting a prophet. So it's better if they say Pastor John. They're just accept, they're expecting a nice message. You know, then you, then you can bless them, rock up and bless them. And you don't have the pressure of expectations of people, you know. But anyway, so Prophet John is coming. So I'm going, okay, Lord, so I've got to prophesy. So I lean back on the flight. It's a short flight. So I just lean back and I said, all right, Jesus. You know, if you, is there anybody you want to speak to? And just suddenly, 
these names just start flowing like this. And the first one was Desiree. And I'm like, oh my word. So I grab my phone and I go to the notes thing and I just write, Straight by ministry. All right, Desiree. And then it's just name, 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 name. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. So no more names coming. So all right. So I sit back and I say, all right, Lord. So what about Desiree? And he says to me, tell her she'll see her grandchildren grown up. Awesome. Type that in. So anyway, morning session. I see this young couple in Bredasdorp, half an hour away from Straysby. Prophesy over them. You call to ministry. Da-da-da-da. The word of the Lord's with you. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and by the way, and you as well, and I see a little girl. You're going to be pregnant soon. You're going to have a little girl. But you're going to be in full-time ministry. Da-da-da-da. These two are crying. I didn't know. He had such a desire. He, was, he used to be one of the Mr. Strongmen of South Africa. Big, strong guy. And uh, they're, they're crying. Anyway, evening meeting comes. We're in Strace by in the Robal Sal. And, uh, and uh, so the church is packed. The pastor looks at me and goes like, it's never been this full. And I said, yeah, because you announced the prophet. So, so anyway, <clears throat> so that night I said, well, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to prophesy over anybody tonight. I said, anyway, but I've got a good prophetic word that I'm going to teach you. And you can feel all the disappointment. Oh, he's not going to prophesy. So anyway, they didn't know I was going to prophesy the teaching. But anyways, so, <clears throat> but I lied. I, I lied. I really lied. Um, I thought I wasn't going to prophesy. But, but I suddenly just said, Oh, by the way, who's Desiree? This hand goes up at the back. And this lady comes forward. I said to this young couple, if I start prophesying, so now I start prophesying. I said, if I start prophesying, I want you to stand right next to me because I want you to be under that, that atmosphere. And I said, because a lot of things are caught more than taught. So I said, I want you to catch the, the, the gift of prophecy. So they stand right next to me. So this lady comes up to me, like I said, she stands right in front of me. And uh, I said, so you Desiree? So the pastor leans over and says to me, say it, conquer. So I said, so you've got cancer. So I said, okay, that's no problem. So I said, do you want to hear what God told me about you? I said, it did, cancer was not included in it. She said, yes, please. I said, the Lord said to me, you will see your grandchildren grown old. This couple, I mean, the whole church starts crying, pastor starts crying, this lady starts crying. The young couple standing, they're they blubbing. I mean, snort and thrown. Just, just running. So I, I, I say to this lady, just look at me, look at me. She looks at me. She's from the Enchir church. She has never been in a spiritual church ever in her life. This is the first time she came and she thought she was being disobedient to the Lord by coming to that service. First service ever. And her, she gets called out by name. That's a way the Lord makes you feel special, eh? Anyway, so I said, just look at me. I said, look at me. I said, I have the power to heal your cancer. I said, in the name of Jesus. Be perfected, be made well, in Jesus' name. Prayed for her, prophesied over her. So this couple are crying. And then as she's walking away, the the lady, the wife says, that's my mom. Oh, no, the the son. The son says, that's my mom. I said, really? Oh, wow. That's awesome. So a few weeks later, the pastor phones, and he says, Pastor John, Desiree went to the oncologist. She's totally cancer-free. She's back running on the road. She's 100%. There's not a trace of cancer in her life. And I'm going like, wow, that's amazing. And then a couple of months later, he phones. He goes, Pastor John, never believe what happens. Jessica's pregnant. She's going to see her first grandchild. Now the grandchild's like this. So anyway, a little while ago, they, they, um, I was down there preaching. And um, so they said to me, um, are we pregnant? Uh, 
Um, so I said, it's fine, it's fine. Have you been for the reveal and all that? They said, no. I said, it's okay, don't go, it's a little boy. It's a boy, it's a boy. So they went like, oh wow. So anyway, they sent me the reveal video, you know, where they fire those things, and it comes out pink or blue. So I'm going like, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy, blue, well, there we are. So they've just had a little boy. So now the dad, the mom and dad are wealthy business people. So um, the entire family is transformed. The husband's got his wife back. She's got her health back. She's running. She's running a business. He's got business. The son now has come in with Pastor Jethro. Um, I got him onto SATS, the SATS theological training, same with JD in our church. So he's doing SATS theology. So the pastor phones me and he says, you'll never guess what. Um, Harriman and Jessica have built us a beautiful brand new church. Built it. Help put the sound in, chairs in. It is a stunning, stunning building right near the ocean. Beautiful church. So they said, and I'm, I'm setting um, to run in as my assistant pastor. You had everything to do with this. So I want you to come in. You're going to dedicate the church, and you're going to lay hands with me on Tehran, and we're going to set him in as assistant pastor in this church. Power of the prophetic. Amen? Amen. And it came when I just quieted myself, sat back in the chair, all these names just started to drop. Every one of those names was in the meeting. The whole town, the whole town of Straysby was rocked because some of the people that came were not Christians and I was calling them out by name. So, by the way, I prophesied until after midnight that night and prophesied over every single person in the church. So sometimes, you know, we make prophetic mistakes and say, I'm not going to prophesy. God says, all right, <laughs> you are. All right, so it's that being still, all right? So let's just talk about the characteristics. There's seven characteristics of the voice of God. Are you all ready? This is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. I know you're tired. Just keep saying amen. Just every now and then pinch the person next to you. Make sure they stay awake. All right. So seven characteristics of the voice of God. Number one. Number one. It is very much. This is not number one. I just want to say. It is very much an inner voice that that alights on on your spirit and that you can hear. And it's very much the way that um, it's described in First Kings as a still small voice, a still small voice. So if you're listening for an audible voice, um, only a few people in the Bible are recorded as hearing God audibly. The one time I thought I heard God audibly, but I asked the person next to me, they said, no, we didn't hear a thing. It was just very loud to me. But uh, you don't need the audible voice of God. That's not the way he speaks. It's still, and it's quiet, and it's in it. Right, so number one. God's voice sounds like a spontaneous flow of my own thoughts. God's voice sounds like a spontaneous flow of my own thoughts. All right. Now what I'm going to get you to do, once you've written it down, I want you to take your same big pen or whatever pen that you've got. And remember, we looked at it and you were able to capture the picture. Remember? Can you remember? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So what I want you to do, look at it, and even if it's not a big pen, I, let's just, we're all on the same page. I want you to look at your pen again, and then I want you to not move your mouth, don't say it out loud, but say it quietly inside. Say, big pen, or big ballpoint pen. Big ballpoint pen. All right? You're all looking at it? So I want you to look at the pen, feel the pen, 
See again its color and shape. But this time I want you to add big ballpoint pen. You all got it? Okay, that was easy. Right, now what I want you to do is close your eyes. Don't look at the pen. And what I want you to do, number one, capture the image of the pen again, like we did earlier in the last session. Now, what I want you to do is to say, inside, I want you to say, big ballpoint pen. Big ballpoint pen. Big ballpoint pen. Big ballpoint pen. All right? You all good? You all said it? It was easy? Now I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. It's not a trick question. Well, it is a little bit, but uh, I, want you to, I, want, uh, I want you to answer this. Whose voice did you hear when you said big ballpoint pen? Did you hear my voice or did you hear the voice of your own thoughts? You heard the voice, your own voice, the voice of your own thoughts. All right, here's, this is gold. This is gold. That's the exact voice the Holy Spirit uses to speak to you. The exact voice. It is the voice of your own thoughts. You cool? You see, he's given you that facility. He's given it to you. That's the one he uses. So if you hear another voice, come see the pastor for deliverance. Because <laughs> you need to get that voice out. All right. But if you hear the voice of your own thoughts, that's the correct voice. Now, we're going to talk about how to analyze it. But anyway, so that's good. Are you all good? You all good? So one time, I'm just going to give you this example. One time I was, um, I, the Lord did this with me often. And, and every time I had amazing encounters, amazing experiences visiting Prophet Quibbles. But the one morning, again, after, it was many, many times, early, I wake up early and the Lord says, go to Spirit Word. And uh, I'd have to say to my wife, the Lord told me to go to Spirit Word. You know, I pulled the, the heavy on her, you know. So she can't argue with the Lord. With me, she could say, no, you're not going. But you do the, you know, the Lord told me thing. I'm just teasing, never do that. But anyway, I, <clears throat> but I said, I, I just, the Lord told me, and she said, why? And I said, I, I don't know. So anyway, I get there, Prophet Kerbis is busy. So I go into the bookshop, and, um, you know, they just brought in a whole lot of new crucifixes. I used to wear a rosary and a crucifix. That's why Prophet Quibbus used to call me Father John. So anyway, so I walk in, and uh, Hermina's in. She goes like, oh, Prophet John, check out all these new uh, crucifixes. I'm standing there looking at these crucifixes. I'm like, wow, this is awesome, awesome. She's serving another lady over here. I don't look at the lady, she's, but she's there. I see out at my periphery, and I'm, I'm just looking and going, wow, wow. And the lady pays for her purchase. Hermine comes over to me, and then she says, oh, by the way, um, Prophet just sent a message. He's, he's waiting for you wherever he was waiting in the new building. So I start walking, and I, I start walking quickly, and I catch up with this lady, and, and we're walking parallel towards the dining hall, and she's about a meter away from me like this, and we're walking, and just suddenly this flow of thoughts, it's the voice of my own thoughts, this flow of thoughts comes, and it's like, have you asked yourself why you're walking next to this lady? So now, the first sign of being really spiritual is when you talk to yourself. So, <clears throat> so, I, so now I'm walking next to her like this, and we're walking, you know, and I'm going to overtake her now, and I'm going like, no, I haven't asked myself why I'm walking next to this lady. And I go, should I be asking myself why I'm walking next to this lady? And then suddenly I realize, no, this is the Holy Spirit. So I said, 
okay, Holy Spirit, why am I walking next to this lady? But this is all, it sounds like my thoughts. It sounds like I thought it, but I didn't. It was, I was thinking in that direction, and then these thoughts just came spontaneously and cut across. Have you asked yourself why? So I said, no, I haven't asked myself why. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, why am I walking next to this lady? So she says, tell the lady the baby will be well. So I'm going, nah. <laughs> like, real, like a really good prophet, you know, like, okay, nah, what if I'm wrong? You know, so I go like, I don't know, I don't know this lady. I've never seen her before. So she starts walking in the direction of a car, and I see the car, it's red. So anyway, I walk into the, into the dining hall, and Prophet's sitting there, and Annalise and some of the students, and Bruce might have been there, I don't know. But anyways, <clears throat> um, so just then one of the students come running up and says, there's a lady who drove all the way from Johannesburg just for a prayer cloth, Prophet, please would you pray for it and anoint it. And uh, she's brought a baby with her that's not well. So I went like, oh my goodness, is it that red car? So he says, yes. And I said, God just spoke to me and told me. And so Annalise looks at me and says, did you tell her? I said, no. So she stands up and says, hey, everybody, whoa, we have a disobedient prophet here. So it's okay, I'm going, I'm going. So I turned and ran, ran to the car, and there's this baby in the car, in the mother's arms. This was the grandmother that had walked next to me. And uh, very obvious that the baby had brain damage, severe. So I run up and prophet's coming behind me. And I said, ma'am, excuse me. I'm really sorry, my sister. I said, when I was walking next to you, this is what God told me for the baby. Is this the child? She said, yes. I said, when you were walking next to me, I said, the Lord said the child will be well. But I'm looking at the child and everything in my senses is going like, you've missed it, buddy. This is going to be, this is going to be. So anyway, we exchanged phone numbers. Prophet came then and he joined and we prayed together. And that lady kept in touch with me. And about four to six months later, her name was Didi. She messaged me. She said, Prophet, I've taken the baby in. It's been progressing consistently. And I've taken the baby in. And they've said, they've checked the baby's brain and all is well. Amen? Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Get the point. Spontaneous. Look at the person next to you and say, I can do that. Number Spontaneous flow of thoughts, uh, number one. Number two, they sound like the voice of my own thoughts. Number three, God's voice is always peaceful, light, and gentle. God's voice is always peaceful, light, and gentle. I said it earlier, God's not a, uh, not a bully. He's a gentleman. He will not force his way. He's more suggestive. And um, he'll speak, and his voice is always light. It's light. And one of the things that I want to add to this, God's voice is so light, it's easily cut off with exertion. So the moment God begins to speak, if I exert energy or anything like that and start, you know, whatever, it's, it's like a fine static comes in, you know, as far as the voice of the Lord. I have to stay at peace inside and listen, okay? So it's easily cut off. Are you all good? Number four. God will always speak in the first person. So in other words, he will normally speak to you with I, I, I tell you, you know, like with that, have you asked yourself why? So he doesn't speak in the third person. He speaks always in the first person. 
Number four, God will always speak in the first person. Number five, God's voice very frequently contains unusual content in the sense that sometimes when God speaks, I know I, I couldn't have imagined this. I couldn't have thought this up. I couldn't have thought up, Desiree, you will live to see your grandchildren grown old. I, I, I couldn't have thought that up. My mind was not there. I couldn't imagine that. Very often, the word that the Lord gives me for people, when I listen to it, I, I think like, this has got higher wisdom than my own wisdom. It's, 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 it's kind of not something like I would, it's, it's just higher than me. Are you good? All right. Number six, God's voice often when it comes, especially initially, will cause a reaction in my spirit. There will be a response in my spirit. There will be a little, like a lift, like a little bubble of excitement. There will be, um, you know, just like a tickle in the tummy. But there will be something in my spirit that just recognizes and responds. Um, how many of you have ever had it when you've had a prophetic word in church and you hold on and you hold on and you hold on and you hold on and then your eyelids are fluttering and your mouth's going dry and you're shaking and, and it's because you're resisting what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But initially it's just a little, little bit of breathlessness, like, you know, an excitement. Oh, my word. You had that? Okay. Then that's, that's one of the ways that you recognize the voice of God because there's the... A reaction inside of you. Are you all good? You getting something? Cool. Remember, we were analyzing the, what constitutes a prophetic uh, flow. So it causes a, a reaction within me. And then um, just point number seven, Prophet Bobby mentioned it last night. God's spoken word always contains sufficient power within it to bring about its fulfillment. God's word, God's word. A prophetic word, if it's God, is the same as his written word. It has inherent power for its own fulfillment. Okay? Right. The, the last thing that I want to just mention is that um, God can use, without the pictures or the images, God can use an everyday object. You look at some of the prophets, i.e. Ezekiel. Take a brick. Carve the city of Jerusalem on it. Take a pan, turn it on its side, prophesy. Um, God's going to send an army and he's going to build a siege against you, Jerusalem, you know? And so God can use everyday objects. God can use everyday objects to speak to you. Um, one time I was ministering, it was one of the last churches that John Wesley uh, preached in in England, uh, in a little, a tiny little town in, um, in Aylesbury, England. And the ladies had done up a whole... Um, flower and stone and whatever arrangement for the church. Really beautiful. I mean, they had all these objects and everything. And um, I walked in, and um, um, tiny church, and I walked in, and, and the, this arrangement was standing next to me. And I looked at the arrangement. I thought, oh, my goodness. And I looked back. And when I looked back um, into the church, I prophesied over every single person in the church that morning with one item, an item on the arrangement. A flower, a stone, uh, you know, little things that they'd put around. And they had really prayed before the meeting, and the Lord showed them what arrangement to put there. But they were blown away when I started picking up and going, you over there, I see this, and start prophesying. God's called you to Africa, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and everyone was accurate. Look at the person next to you go, wow, that's amazing. Okay. So he can use, he can use an object to activate the visual and auditory. Are you cool? 
All right. So maybe it's something that um, I'll chat to Pastor Bruce and Anya about, <clears throat> is that the next step out of this maybe is to get you together and do another little prophetic workshop. And I'll tell Pastor Bruce, I won't tell you because then you'll have a sneak preview. It's got to be a shock and a surprise um, to you. And then we, we can do something like that. Um, I, I did the full seminar in the church in, because of the prophetic, because of Desiree and Harriman and the church. They called me back and I did the prophetic seminar there. Pastor um, Jethro phoned me there. They said, hey, brother. <laughs> he said, I want to tell you. He said, the prophetic that's released in this church is blowing people away. Visitors are coming. And he said, I've put together the prophetic team. And, uh, and he said, they're just freaking people out. He said, pastors are coming. And he said, my prophetic people are standing up and prophesying. He says, they're just blowing them away. It's incredible. Amen? Amen. So here I am, Lord. Use me. Amen. All right. So what I want to do, um, I'm going to just quickly touch on a few things. We might go back to the, the wild story. But I, I just really want to finish what, we, what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the well, so we're going to listen again. And, um, and we'll finish off the afternoon. Um, Prophet Bobby and I actually discussed it this morning over breakfast. And uh, we, he spoke to me just before the service. Anything you want me to do, anything, just call me. So I said, we're going to lay hands on everybody and anoint them with oil. Amen? And um, so it was one of the things that happened in Acts chapter 8 when the, Simon the sorcerer saw that the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of hands. He tried to buy it. And there's a very real thing when, when um, you know, somebody that is already flowing in it lays hands on you, uh, you can catch some of that. So the laying on of hands will be for the purposes of awakening dreams, visions, the voice of God, uh, the prophetic gifting in you. Is that cool? All right. Okay. You all happy? All right. The wow thing, I'll revisit it just now, but I, I, I need to carry on a little bit. Are you all good? Take a deep breath. <sighs> Turn to someone and say, you're going to prophesy. You're going to dream dreams. You're going to see visions. Come on, you're going to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. <clears throat> awesome. Can I carry on? Good. All right, so let's push on. If you've missed anything in the note-taking, what's on my iPad, I've printed out in notes and given it to Pastor Bruce. So if there's a point you've missed out, you can just come back. He'll go through to the relevant page and find it. All right. Despise not prophesying. And one of the ways is because sometimes those that we've encountered and it's been a negative experience in the, in the, in the, in the prophetic is because there's been no self-preparation. Self Self-preparation. So I've got just a couple of areas, three areas to talk about. And the first is character. Character self-preparation. Character. God is not interested in how accurate your prophecies are if your character is out of whack. Because it doesn't matter how accurate you prophesy, your character will speak much louder than the prophecy. In other words, God wants integrous, righteous, holy living prophets. Amen? Now, it doesn't mean to say you've got to reach a certain stage before you prophesy, but as long as we're progressive in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because none of us, if it was perfection, I'm disqualified. You know? You understand what I'm saying? But we need to be growing. 
But there are so many that neglect character. They're neglecting the fruit of the Spirit. And they're pushing for the gifts of the Spirit. God wants both together. Are you cool? God wants both. God wants roots and fruit. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, it means that you're a nice person. That's my interpretation of the fruit of the Spirit. It means you're nice. You're loving, you're patient, you're kind, you're gentle. You're the kind of person people want to be with. You're not an obnoxious, arrogant, proud so-and-so. I had another word, but I'm not allowed to say it. Prophet Bobby could say it, but I can't say it. He can say things and get away with it that I can't. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Character self-preparation. So, so you need righteous living, holy living. Simple little thing, simple little thing. Um, as a businessman, flies up, wants to come and see me, spend time with me, wants to learn from the prophetic, wants me to mentor him and all this kind of thing. And three times he did it. Brother, you know, promised me a certain amount of money. I said, brother, I want to bless you. Thank you so much. And I said, bless you, brother. I'm, you know, I'm not after the money. No money. Second time, came to me, brother, how much do you need for this ministry? Da, 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 da. You know, spouted out a big, big amount of money. And I said, no, brother, I don't, I don't need a third of that. Just, you know, I'm cool. No, no, that'll be, you know, nothing. But yet he wants to prophesy. What good is it trying to prophesy if you can't even keep your own word? Your prophetic word will have no power because your word's got no power. It works parallel. Proverbs says we swear to our own hurt. If you tell somebody, I'm going to do this, then you do that. Because you're expecting God to keep his word when it comes out of your mouth. Then your, your words out of your mouth, you better keep. So character self-preparation is really important, really important. It's, it's sad. It's sad when you move in the circles of so-called prophetic people, you know, and they're impressive in church, but then you meet them outside, it's like, Jesus, what are these, how do they live? It's like, oh, my word. It's so disappointing. You understand what I'm saying? You, you can't have a disparity. It's, it's got to be, come on. Amen? I, I've said it to a lot of prophetic people. I said, you shoot yourself in the foot. You short-circuit your own prophecies because you're obnoxious and arrogant. You don't even love people, but yet you're trying to minister their hearts open to receive the word of the Lord so it can be planted and established and grow in their life. But everything about you shuts people off. You're just going, prophesy, prophesy, short-circuit. It's not going to happen because people's hearts are going, this guy's a freak. Are you cool? I know stuff, but it's good. And then ministry self-preparation. Isn't it amazing? How the enemy so wants to corrupt the prophetic gift that it's all the wacky independents who are outside of church. who don't want to be submitted. They don't want to be in a church. And, you know, I'm going to say things, and, and it doesn't apply to Prophet Bobby because he's planted, I don't know how many churches, 32 in Mexico, 13, he was in full-time ministry. I've got a little bit, a little bit of an issue with full-time itinerant prophets. Who all they do is go around prophesying. They're not rooted in a church. They're not under somebody's authority. The best thing, I said it to one prophet, I said the best thing for you is you need to find a local church. I said, we don't need you in our church. We can prophesy quite fine, all of our people. I get you because I like you. But I don't need you. But the best thing for you is if you found a church, submitted under a man of God, and at least once in a quarter that you're in church, 
at, at least once, one month, you know, two months a year entirely, not preaching, not prophesying, not praying, not doing the offering. The best thing for you is if you greet visitors at the door. It will do you the world of good. They don't relate. They don't understand. They're not under authority. How can they go around coming and prophesying into your church when they've got not a cooking clue what's, what it is like to pastor, to be a part of a local church? Independence. Amen. The greatest evangelist, even greater ministry um, up to a point, greater evangelistic ministry than even Reynard Bonker was a man by the name of Carlos Anacondia. And Carlos Anacondia in Argentina, I think it was either Argentina or Brazil, hundreds of thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands in his crusades coming to Jesus. Just in his deliverance tent, 10,000 people at a time, just commanding demons out en masse, people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know what he did when he wasn't doing crusades? He was an usher at the door, greeting in his local church. Good morning, how are you? Now that kind of guy I can listen to. Only Pastor Bobby said amen. amen. All right, all right. Ministry self-preparation. Are you submitted, committed in a house? Are you under headship? You know, if your pastor says, okay, sit down quiet, I don't want you to prophesy in the meeting, can you do it? I mean, you know, sulk and have a long face for the next six months and trip over your bottom lip. You know, how, because he doesn't, he doesn't honor, some, honor my ministry, he doesn't respect my ministry, and how dare he, you know, because I heard from God. No, you know, if, if it's God, you know, God will speak to him. Are you cool? They don't want to, don't want to come the root. So ministry self-preparation, always come the root, church, please. Always come the root. All right. Prelude to prophecy. You know, I get a lot of people coming to me and say, Prophet, how can I start prophesying? I got a guy, flew all the way from, from Gabon, came to see me. You were my Bible school. I watched you on Spirit Word Channel. And blah, blah. I want to come in here. I want to, I want to learn. And I said, cool, brother. That's wonderful. We walk a road together. And then I said, uh, we spend a lot of time together. He said, but I just want to ask you one question. He said, how can I improve my prophetic gift? I said, forget the prophetic gift. Just forget it. And he just looked at me in shock. I said, you're going completely the wrong, you're barking up the wrong tree. I said, what you need to do is to learn how to love people. I said, because it seems to me like you love the gift more than you love the people of God. And there's a lot of people that are in love with the gift, but they're not in love with God and they're not in love with people. Amen? So I said, love people. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Thank you, um, um, Donata. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Here it is. You want to learn how to prophesy? Easy? Easy route? Okay? Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Love. Love people. I'm not in love with the prophetic gift. I, lo- I love people. I love people. If I see someone struggling, it, it's painful to my heart. And that's what causes me to push into the gifts of the Spirit. Are you all cool? Let's go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. Same chapter, verse 3. So he says, The one who prophesies speak to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. You want to learn Easily how to prophesy. When last did you strengthen someone? Encourage someone? Comfort someone? These are, these are the expressions of the love that Paul is talking about. 
get alongside someone and just going like, oh, just, I, I just cannot imagine the pain that you're going through. But, you know, I just, I, I just want to come, I just, and, and try to speak words of comfort. Just put your arms around them. And if we learn how to strengthen, encourage, comfort, build people up, the most natural, logical next step in the spirit is that prophecy will start to flow out. Kind words, encouraging words will start to come. Because you care deeply. Amen? You know, go and put your arms around them. Just hug them. Just love them. That's why Prophet Kerbis was such a prophet of love. The greatest compliment that someone paid me, they, they had a thing made, and it's in, in, my, in my office on the bookshelf, and it says, uh, you know, Prophet John, prophet of love. That was the greatest compliment anybody could have paid me. Prophet of love. I'm going like, wow. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how accurate you prophesy until they know how much you love them. Are you cool? All right. We're getting there. What, what is the time? A uh, few minutes, eh? Okay. All right. So, prelude to prophecy. So, again, I just want to speak to you about being accountable under leadership. Always be prepared to allow your prophecy to be tested. And the third point that I want to bring to you is this, is that God will give you revelation for your sphere of influence, the level of your authority. Are you cool? If you're just new in the church, I don't think the Lord is going to give you a prophetic word for the pastor concerning the vision of the church. Maybe to confirm it or an aspect of it, but, but God will not use you to tell him what his vision should be. So your prophetic word will operate to the level and the sphere of your influence and your involvement in the church. Are you cool? All right. Next point. When you're prophesying, be supernaturally natural. Just be yourself. Don't put on a different persona. Don't change your language to King James. It's not going to make it more authoritative. I promise you. Okay? Be supernaturally natural. Don't give in to the pressure to perform. Um, prophet Bobby will tell you, very often in prophetic meetings when people are coming, they hear a prophet, um, is that, that there can be the, the, the pressure of expectation on you to deliver. And that meeting may not be a prophetic meeting. And people are sitting there going, prophesy, prophesy, man of God, prophesy, yes me, yes me, you know? So, so can I throw this one in? There are a lot of people who know, who know how to almost make themselves prophetically attractive. And immature prophets, they catch them so many times. You know, it'll be the one sitting on the front row, you know, the young lady, and just out there, and she's just like she's giving herself in praise and worship, and it's like, Prophet, pick me first. <laughs> Is that true, Prophet? It's true. It's true. People will make themselves prophetically attractive. You know, you're preaching, and they're falling asleep through your whole sermon. They're asleep. They're nodding off. And then as soon as they see the prophetic gift, and it's like, I'm all ears. I'm here. People make themselves prophetically attractive. And, and I'm saying this because as once you begin to flow in prophecy um, more frequently, don't give in to the pressure to perform, even out of a person's need. Is that okay? There's nothing wrong. And sometimes it's the right thing to do. It's just to love the person and prophesy scripture over them. Are you all cool? 
I've done that many times. Prophet, you haven't worked for me. No, I don't, but come here. I just want to tell you that he's blessed you in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You, you need to know that he chose you in him before the creation of the world. In, your, in his sight, you're holy, you're beloved, you're accepted. You cannot be more accepted than you are right now. Amen. And I just started to prophesy scripture. And next minute, the tears are flowing and they're so blessed. All I did was just start prophesying scripture. And they experienced the love of God. And I didn't give in to a demand. If I had a word, I'll share a word. But if I don't have a word, I'm not going to share a word. Because then I'll start prophesying. <laughs> and I don't want to prophesy. <laughs> okay? Don't look for clues. If it's in a prophetic meeting. Yeah, you can, you can run up a dead end street if you start examining people for clues. It's one of the things that when I do, um, you know, the pastoring, the prophetic in our church, you know, we've got uh, one or two, one or two um, uh, people in our church, and they, they study people, you know. And I'm always cautious about that because they sit in the meeting the whole time. They position themselves in the church. They sit in an advantageous position. And the whole time they're sitting checking everybody. So, so and, and one or two of those people prophesy. So I say to them, I say to them, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you examining people, reading their body language, because you can pick up a lot just by detective work, by observation, and then try and make it a prophecy. Oh, I see you very down today. Well, the Holy Spirit didn't tell you it was very obvious. You were sitting staring at them the whole service. Are you all cool? You know, you know what you know what God said to Samuel? God doesn't look at the outside, God looks on the inside. And so that's what you're looking for. So, you know, so don't stand there and study the person and go like, all right, he looks like an engineer. So you have to go by the spirit. Are you all cool? Amen. So don't look for clues, your natural senses. Be sensitive to the person you're ministering to. Gotta be sensitive. Prophet Bobby will tell you this. Uh, Pastor Bruce will tell you this. There are times when people come forward and you don't know. And I've experienced it so many times. I've experienced it in so many cultures. Egypt, you know, Armenia, all around the world. Cultures are so different. And you can, without knowing it like this, you can just break a cultural norm. And, and the Holy Spirit is out of the meeting because everybody's heart's closed. And so you've got to be sensitive to the Spirit. And so, you, you, you know, men prophesying to women, that, that woman might have been abused. She might have been sexually abused. So you don't go up and start putting your arm on her and hugging her because she has an issue with men. And, and you can sometimes pick it up. You can, you can even feel it. And so there's appropriate contact. And sometimes I'll even ask permission. I'll say to the lady, I just... Would you mind if I just put my hand on your shoulder? And they say, no problem. And I do it sometimes because sometimes when I put my hand on a person, I pick up their thoughts, what they're thinking, what's going on inside when I touch them. It's just a flow of thoughts comes, and I know it's their thoughts. Are you all good? All right. This is just bonus stuff. It's not included in your offering. Um, last point. Avoid speaking um, especially in the beginning when you're learning. Prophet Bobby does it, but he's a seasoned man of God. He's a seasoned prophet. When you're still learning, try not to say, my, my advice 
this is what the Lord says. Rather say, I feel that, or I believe that, or I sense that, or this came up, and I just want to check this out with, with you. I just sense that the Lord is saying this. Because if you say the Lord says, you can't judge what, is what the Lord says. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's better when, you, when you're learning just to say, I sense that. This is what the Lord is saying. Great. All right. Cool. Um, we're going to just pause. I want you just to stand, turn around, and then we're going to finish off on the prophetic. I'm going to give you the components. Um, just give you a blessed assurance, some, some uh, less pressure. Just stand, turn around, deep breath. Just move your arms, turn around. That's it. Stretch, yawn, sigh. <clears throat> Tell the person next to you, you can make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get through to the end. Uh, <clears throat> then we're going to lay hands on you. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Bruce. All right, you cool? All right, let's sit down. And then um, we're going to cover. Now, this last bit, this last bit you really need to pay attention to. All right, are you all cool? So let's recap. So you're presenting the eyes of your heart. Maybe you've had a dream. Maybe you're in a ministry line. Spontaneous images come, vision comes, flow of thoughts come. And it's like, wow, I've got the elements of a prophetic word here. You know, I see a picture. There's a flow of thoughts. It's like the voice of my own thoughts. Now, now, what do I do with this? The delivery is, it's, it's crucial. It's vital. And this is where so many prophets go wrong, and this is where so many people get hurt. Are you all cool? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you three to come and stand up at the front. One, two, three. Just stand over here. All right. I'm going to do it very quickly, all right? I'm going to do it very quickly, all right? <clears throat> I was up from 20 past three this morning. The Lord showed me all three of your sins. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> that was naughty. That was naughty. So listen, here's the components. There are three gifts of the Spirit that make up, three gifts of the Spirit that make up a prophetic word. Are you all ready? Just hold this for me, please. I'm going to trip over my shoelaces. Cool. For the sake of time, I'm going to go quick. All right, are you ready? So this is prophecy. So then what are these two? So we spoke about dreams, visions, flow of thoughts. Is that okay? So first of all, word of knowledge. Second, word of wisdom. Third, prophecy. Are you all cool? Those are the three gifts that make up the one gift of the prophetic word. So I'm going to run over it again. Information. So now you walk up to a person, maybe you've been meditating, maybe you've been praying for someone, you know, images, whatever, flow of thoughts, I understand, a sense of knowing, whatever. It's like, oh wow, you've got, the, you've got some basic information. The word of wisdom now needs to be applied because you have to ask yourself, how and, and, and what will I say? How will I deliver the message? Now I call this pre-delivery assessment. So I'm the one prophesying, and, and I think I've got the components of a message. How do, I sh excuse me, how do I shape it and then deliver it as a prophetic word? Are you all good? Are you getting something? Because you're all looking at me in stunned shock. Like. Are you all, can I carry on a few minutes? All right. So word and knowledge. 
This is where so many prophetic people, so many prophets go wrong. Because number one, they push, they push into the spirit for information. You do not prophesy information. Because they come up with a word of knowledge and they deliver it as a prophetic word and it doesn't say anything to anybody. It's like, this is your ID number, this is your telephone number, this is your birth date. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I know my telephone number. I know my ID number. I even know my birth date. It's impressive. It's impressive. I like what Andre Bronco said to me one day. We were talking about it. He said, his early days in the prophetic, he used to push and push and push, praying and pray and spend time. And then he would get names, birth dates, all kinds of things, ID numbers, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's spectacular. And he said, one day the Holy Spirit said to him, Andre, all you are doing is sharing a word of knowledge. If you just share a word of knowledge, you get the glory because you're impressive. He says, but if you share a prophetic word, I get the glory. And look, at these times. One day I was standing on the stage and I just said, it was like gold letters in front of me, flaming gold letters. I mean numbers. And I said, I said, I said, it was on air. I said, what numbers are these? I'm seeing these numbers. And the lady behind, we have a lady drummer. We had a lady drummer. She starts screaming. She goes, wow, that's my bank account number. And I said, it's on air. You better change it. <laughs> Live stream, you know. And it's like, what? I mean, we're so impressed. And I'm, I'm going like, everybody's going like, wow. I'm going like, Jesus, what, what for? She knows her bank account. What for? So the Lord said to me, that's her business account. So I turned to her and I said, what are those, what's that bank account? What is it? And she said, I've started a little business. She's a vocal coach. And she said, I've started a little business. I said, okay. I said, God's going to bless that. So I said, we will put 5,000 rand in from the church to start your business. Are you cool? Next Sunday, praise and worship's over. The band's still there. And I go, I'm seeing these four numbers. Did, did, did. What are these numbers? She screams. She says, that's the pin number. <clears throat> I said, better change it. <laughs> better. It's on air. And it was just a confirmation to it. Are you cool? So information, you don't prophesy information. What you do is you have to apply a word of wisdom and then the delivery. And I'm going to explain all of those. Okay? So the, the information... This is when so-called prophets start calling people out and they're calling them, their sins out in public in front of everyone, which is wrong. Prophecy is not to call people sins out. That's why I was teasing with these three. Are you all cool? Any prophet that starts to call people out and starts to expose the people's sins in front of the whole crowd, just get up and walk out. If you're stronger than him, clap him on the way out first. <laughs> Just get up and walk out. Listen, if your sins are under the blood of Jesus, and he says, your sin and righteousness I will remember no more, to whom is he going to get that information? The accuser. Are you with me? God didn't give words of knowledge for people's sins. If there's any correction to be done, it must be done by the senior prophet of the house. But the body, the exercise of the prophetic in the body is to be encouraging, 
comforting, strengthening. If it's not, you have full biblical permission to just reject that prophetic word. Are you all cool? So we're, we're a guy in our church. Um, they used to be in spirit word. And uh, somebody came up to him and said, the Lord showed me your sin. And, uh, and because of the sin, this is happening. And he went, whoa, 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 to this guy, visited the church. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, just stop right there. He said, see that guy over there? And he pointed to me. He says, that's my prophet. He said, if there's any sin in my life, he'll tell me. So you're excused. Are you cool? You know, the, the church would be healthier if we started doing those kinds of things. Amen? So I know, I know this won't happen in, in the word church because you, you're too well taught. It's those other churches out there you've got to be really careful about. If, if I was you, I'd just keep coming here. Can you just keep, stay here. All right. All right. So information, application. So the, the, this is my words that I borrowed from another prophet. So word of knowledge is information. Word of wisdom is application. How do I apply this? How do I say this? All right? And then prophecy is the delivery. Now, the delivery is really important because it comes to your personality. Let me tell you something else. It also comes to your theology. That's why it's important for you to have your theology correct. Okay, that was a poor amen. That's why some people can have a vision about a visitation of God and they start prophesying the rapture. It's not. It's Jesus is going to come visit his church and bless the church. It's not coming to take us all away. It's, it comes through the filter of theology. Are you all cool? All right. I hope I'm not confusing you. So everybody call out. This is word of? This is word of? This is? All right. So my words, this is information. This is application. This is prophecy, delivery. Amen. Cool. Thank you. You can sit down. All right. So... Let me just give you an example. There's a prophet in England. So he comes and he visits this church and he looks at this man and he can see this man is going around backstabbing the pastor. He's undermining the pastor. He's going to the brethren in the church. He's going to some of the leaders and he's gossiping about the pastor and he's slowly turning a lot of the people against the pastor in the church. So the prophet calls this man up and he says, brother, I want you to come up here. Because when he sees it, he goes like, Jesus. This is going to be a really tough one. How do I handle this? And, and, and I've learned a lot from this man. So anyway, the Lord says to him, call for a broomstick, a broom handle. So one of the ushers runs out, gets a broom handle. So then he calls the pastor. And he says, pastor, would you come and stand here? And then he calls his brother up and he says, brother, would you come and stand here? And now this brother is all really excited because he's going to get a prophetic word, you know. But he doesn't know the prophet's got his number. So then he says, all right, what I want you to do is I want you to turn back to back. Just stand here quickly, Bruce. And uh, so this is the pastor. I'm the naughty brother, all right? So he says, pastor, stand like this. Then he gets the brother and he says, right now, stand back to back. And he gives this, this man who's undermining the pastor, gives him the broomstick. And he's standing there with the broom handle like this. And then the pastor thinks. The pastor starts to prophesy. Brother, the reason why God called you into this church was to defend this man. You've got to be his armor bearer. You've got to watch his back. And God called you here to pray for this man, to stand behind this man, to bless this man, to uphold this man, to be like, you know, Aaron and Hur, um, who, who held up the hands of Moses. That's what God has called you to do, because the enemy is trying to bring this pastor down. But God has placed you here to defend him and to watch his back. This man starts crying. <laughs> and everybody in the church is crying, like, oh, what a sweet word. 
This guy's crying because he suddenly realized that he was doing the opposite of his purpose in the church. He went to the prophet after and he said, Prophet, I know that you know what I've been doing. And, 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 and he said, the pastor will never know about it. That man went on to become the main um, elder in the church for years. And he stood with the pastor and they built a big church. If he had just prophesied information, what would have happened? Are you all good? So it's, Father, what do I do with this information? Last thing I want to say on it is this. If God shows you something for someone, you've got to know it's confidential information. Even if it's glowing and encouraging, it's confidential. God's just given you a piece of his mind. And so you treat it, you hold it lightly, and you treat it as a treasure. And you be responsible with that, what you're about to deliver. If you carry a word from the Lord for somebody like that, God will entrust you with more. You know, one day God showed me something for someone, and um, it was potentially like this prophetic word for this brother. And I said, Lord, what do I do? Because I always ask the Lord, must I pray it or must I say it? And sometimes God might show you something, not to deliver as a prophetic word, but just to pray for that person. And I said, Lord, do I pray it or say it? And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, I just showed you that to see if you can keep a secret. I want to see if I can trust you. To this day, I've not said anything. I said, Lord, I I want to be, I want you to be able to trust me. Are you okay? So let's go over it again. You get information, dream vision, a little bit of insight, flow of thoughts, progressing. You're putting it together. It sounds prophetic. All right, information, word of knowledge, application, word of wisdom, delivery, prophecy. How do I say it? How do I say it? You know, you don't go to someone and say, well, I just want to tell you, I know you've been going through a hard time, but God is going to give you a breakthrough. I'm exaggerating. I want to tell you, the Lord, can see, the Lord sees, knows what you're going through, and he's going to give you a powerful breakthrough. The delivery needs to be consistent with the message. Are you all cool? All right, I've said a lot. I've gone through a lot, um, and I'm going to just run through um, a couple of things very quickly, and that is um, how to weigh and test prophecy. It's very important for you to be able to do this, because if you receive a prophetic word, let me just tell you that whether wicked or weak, If you receive a prophetic word from someone and they're doing their best to deliver a correct word, their responsibility to a large degree ends. Your responsibility begins once you receive the word. Are you all cool? I know you're very tired, but but just stick with me a couple of minutes. I know you're tired. Are you all good? So it's one of the reasons why people despise prophecy is because they don't know how to weigh and assess prophecy. Remember, we read it in 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul says, test everything, hold on to the good, reject the evil. Is that right? Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, um, he says this in verse 29, let the prophet speak two or three and let the others judge the prophetic word. It's your responsibility to judge a prophetic word. Don't just take it on board wholesale, okay? And, and, and this is where the body needs to mature because prophets come in, they see things, they're prophesying. It's part of the reason why I'm against 
you know, itinerant prophets. Because they prophesy things. They're really drinking cappuccino and eating Nando's. And I'm sitting with all the poo that they've created. Because I'm the pastor of the church. They're spending the offering. Buying themselves stuff. I'm not talking about Prophet Bobby. He's a man of God. You understand what I'm saying? And, and there's just no accountability for what they've said. And the pastor's left. But if we can train the body, my, my church knows we've done it. If we can train the body, he can prophesy off the wall stuff, and you can stand there and go, check, check, check. No, sorry, this is not. Bless you. Thank you very much. No harm is done to you. You understand what I'm saying? So how do you judge and weigh prophecy? Number one, there's nine safeguards. Number one, always first, is it biblical? Is it according to the word? Number two, is it encouraging, comforting, and strengthening? Is it biblical? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? Is it strengthening? Here's here's one that I included recently. Revelations 19.10 says this, that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Revelations 19.10. I'm taking it out of context because in context what it means is that the spirit of prophecy from Genesis all the way to Revelation points to Jesus. Amen? So I've included this because every prophetic word needs to speak to the, the fact that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. It needs to witness to who you are in Christ. It must not denigrate you. It must not detract from. It must not pull away from who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. We all have the testimony of Jesus within us. Amen? So it must speak to that. Let me put it in other terminology. A prophetic word must speak to God's story about your life. Amen? And listen, and it might not include a new car and a better job and promotion. All those get good offerings. Never mind, I'll just move on. All right. It's biblical, it's encouraging, comforting, strengthening. Number three, does it witness, does it bear testimony to the testimony of Jesus? Number four, does it speak to you, the inner witness? Does it confirm something? Um, Prophet Bobby said it last night. It mustn't come as a shock and surprise to you. It might be the first time you heard it, but it must make biblical sense to you. It must fit with the story of your life. It must fit with the biblical picture that is building up for you concerning your life. The inner witness, the witness of the Spirit. Does it witness with you? Listen, if a prophet comes and witnesses that I'm going to be a multimillionaire, that witnesses to me. If he prophesies, John, you're going to get millions of rand. That witnesses to me straight away. And a new car. So understand what I mean by the inner witness. It needs to be an educated witness of the Spirit inside of you. Okay, cool. I know you're tired. Right, let's carry on. Is it... Uh, Do you have other supporting prophetic words? Supporting prophetic words. Does it confirm another word that you said? If it's the first one, wait for subsequent confirming prophetic words. Don't just move on the first prophetic word you get. That's you will make a smash up of your life. Are you cool? There's some of you here that 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 have had prophetic words. It might be good for you to come and sit with your pastor concerning them. And just say, what do you think? I was ministering in another church. I picked out two people, prophesied over them. And the pastor called me to his office afterwards. And the two people that I prophesied over were in his office. And in front of me, he said to the, all right. He said, brother, this is the third time a prophet's come here and prophesied this over you. When are you going to start doing it? 
How many more prophecies do you want? And I'm going like, whoa, whoa, this is something else. This is pastoring the prophetic. And then to the, to the woman that was there as well, and he said, you know, this is the umpteenth time you've had this. I've said this to you. This is another confirmatory word. You know, when are we, let's put action to this prophetic word and start making it happen. Conversely, you could be trying to make a word happen that maybe you've, you've misconstrued, you've misread it. Maybe your pastor's got a better, um, um, a better overview of the prophetic word, and you're pursuing something that's not working. Come and sit with your pastor. I, I do this in our church. Because I care for the people. I care. And sometimes I see people making wrong conclusions. I can see them in the line. I see the person, the prophet prophesying to them. And I can see them going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm going like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's wrong conclusions. You're joining dots that are not there. Because I know them. All right. Hey. Yeah. Is that okay? All right, cool. The prophetess says it's good. And then I'm good. Right. Supporting words. Is it manipulative or controlling? Be careful for, I, I just, you know, the Lord showed me something, and I just, I just want to prophesy. But I, I've had this plenty of times. Jezebel. It's, like, it's kind of like, but, but um, the Lord showed me this. But don't tell the pastor. He wouldn't be able to handle this information. That's when you need to go, ah, I, my, I trust my pastor. Come, let's go and prophesy. Come prophesy in front of the pastor. You'll see it just go. Is it manipulative? Is it controlling? Does it use flattery? Is it judgmental? Does it use dire warnings? I've got people in my church who were in another ministry where it was a supposed prophet. And he phones, regularly phones these people. And he got hold of my worship leader's number somehow. And then he'll phone and he'll say, no, the Lord shows me your husband's going to have a heart attack. So we need to pray. We, we need to pray. And you know that's a setup going like, oh, man of God, please will you pray? Well, just put 5,000 rand in my bank account. The angel of death will pass over my sister. If you put 10,000, you'll go even further away. <laughs> Dire warnings of judgment. Anything like that. Ditch it, ditch it, ditch it, ditch it. You don't only have my permission, you have your pastor's permission. Not only do you have his permission, you have God's permission. Just ditch it. No, I'm done. Just, I, said, I said to Shreen the other day, I said, just delete that guy's num- number. He's a knucklehead. Because if he carries on like this, I will visit him. And you'll have dire warnings of judgment. <laughs> don't, don't phone my people and intimidate them with your false prophecy. All right. Look at the character and track record of the person prophesying. That's easy. Seek out mature advice. Come for counsel if you received a word. If you don't understand it or how to implement, when to implement, come and seek advice. Number nine, look at circumstances. Brother, the Lord's called you to full-time ministry. And then, you know, the dude goes and resigns his job. He's got a good job. He can support his wife. He can raise his children. And he launches out. There's no doors opening. Nobody's inviting him. He doesn't. He can't even preach nicely. He's never served in the church. He's done nothing. He's never waited. He's never helped. He's never done anything. But now they're going to go and start a ministry. With what? How? What, what have you got to give? You know, it's like, hey, dude, this is not for now. This is for down. But it's okay. Do you want to be in full-time ministry? Yes. Well, you can start cleaning the toilets. You can start standing at the door. In our church, first port of call for everybody, ushering. 
See if you can do that for a year, greeting the people, loving the people, getting to know the people. Okay, then we can put you somewhere. Are you all cool? I know you're tired, but let's keep it going. Circumstances. So where we are, we're right by the runway of the airport. And there's a whole, there's quite a few stands of ground that they never built houses on. Because when they built the O.R. Tambo International Airport, um, it's, a, it's a, the one direction of the runway coming in that come right over the houses. So the landing nights need to be extended. So the landing lights on long poles as high as the runway. It's a few stories high if you put it next to a house. And there's all these lights. And often people are there with their cameras and they're photographing the planes coming in that their loved ones are arriving on. Then they race around to the airport and go, look, check, we've got photos of you coming in. Now, how many of you know the landing lights? If the pilot's coming in and he sees landing light, landing light, landing light, landing light, there's something wrong. I'm coming in the wrong direction. You understand what I'm saying? You need to see landing light, landing light, landing light. Then you know you're coming in the right direction. All of these things, I call them the landing lights for the prophetic. If these things line up, then you can start to accept a prophetic word. So number one, biblical. Two, encouraging, comforting, strengthening. Number three, the witness that bears testimony of Christ in you. Inner witness, uh, supporting words. It's not manipulative, controlling. The character and track record of the person, they're fantastic. They're online. I've sought out mature advice. All the circumstances line up. You can then land that prophetic word. It's like, good to go. I can now work with this. One of the things that you can do is put it on the shelf. If you're not sure about a word, take it, stick it on the shelf. Lord, I'm listening, I'm hearing. When subsequent prophetic words come in, you can take it off, dust that prophecy off, start put it together, and see the picture that God is building for your life. Last thing I'm going to mention is this, and then I'm finished, is the... um, how to keep prophecy alive. How to keep prophecy alive. If you've received prophetic words, you've discerned it, you've gone through it, you've submitted it, whatever, bears witness, it's adding to the biblical picture of your life. How do you keep that prophetic word alive? Remember, number one, if it's a word from God, it will be challenged. Have you ever noticed, have you ever had a prophetic word? You know, God's going to bless you and this kind of thing, and the next day all hell breaks loose. You know? The money's going to come through. It's going to start breaking. Business is going to start coming. And the next day, the economy collapses. Any real word from God will be contested. Are you with me? Number two, it will be challenged, but you need to know what to do with it. So number two, understand that prophecy is progressive and expanding. Prophet Bobby mentioned it last night. It's one of the key points. I'm always looking for the, the, the proceeding word. Not for God to say something else, but for God to explain, enlarge, expand on this word that I've got. I'm always looking for the proceeding word. Um, number, number three, always remember that whether said or not, prophecy is always conditional. And it's always subject to obedience. You can have 10,000 prophetic words that can be accurate, But if you backslide and walk away from God, none of them are going to come to pass. You need to come back to the Lord. All right? Circumstances. Number four, avoid a fatalistic attitude. In other words, well, if God said it, then it's going to happen. We we need to apply, implement, work on, go to scriptures, find supporting scriptures, look at uh, ways in which we can walk out this prophetic word. Don't have a fatalistic attitude. Number five, acceptance and acknowledgement. And then number six, wage war with the prophetic word. Paul said it to Timothy, 
First uh, Timothy chapter one verses eighteen and nineteen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might by them war a good warfare. And uh, uh, the NIV says, wage a good warfare, or wage warfare with the prophecies made about you. If it's a genuine word from the Lord, you need to be confessing it and speaking it. You understand what I'm saying? Just like you would scripture. This is what the Lord has said. This is what's going to happen. What's happening right now is not my future. It's not my destiny. It's not my finality. This is what God has said. And wage war with the prophecies. And then uh, last of all, no, num- number seven, second last. Remember... Patience, perseverance, and timing. Very often, uh, like the prophet Habakkuk said, it's for an appointed time. There are immediate prophetic fulfillment. And, but normally, it's, when it's an immediate, there's already been a process. But very often, a lot of the prophetic in our lives is that it launches a process or it, it confirms somewhere in the, in the process. You know, it's a confirmatory word. So you've got to understand, be patient, persevere, understand the timing of God. Number eight. Here's the one. And this one I want you to get. Please, please, please listen to this. Do nothing different until God says so. Do nothing different until God says so. Because it could be the initial word. It's like, uh, brother, I see God's called you to business. You're going to do business. You're going to rake in the millions. You're going to do this, do this, and, you know, multinational companies and plant companies, money, money, money. And the first thing the guy does goes like, whoa, that's awesome. And uh, takes his, uh, the security away from his wife and children. They rush out and they're going to try and start doing business. And everything crashes. The prophet is long gone. And then the pastor's got to go like, you know, guys, you know, get back to your day job. Don't work again. Because, you know, it's, nothing is lining up. Circumstances, nothing is lining Get back to your day job. Go and work and then start to build forward from there. Wait for supporting prophetic words, etc., etc., etc. So don't do anything until um, God specifically tells you. Normally things start to align, and you just move effortlessly from one phase, one season to the next, and it's just the transitionism is is just really easy. That that goes for ministry as well. Amen. It's it's a, you're growing into it. All right. Just very quickly, um, uh, then we're going to lay hands on you. <clears throat> There's two things, two things that I, I want to say, and, and it's, this has set a lot of people free. Whenever, especially when prophetic ministry is in the house, don't come with predetermined prophetic requests in your heart and mind. Don't come and say, I want the man of God, when he prays for me, I want him to call out, and I want him to confirm this and this and this. Just come and allow the Lord to say whatever he wants to say. If he wants to confirm it, let him confirm it. This is what Prophet Ed Trout says, and there's a verse for it. If you come with an idol in your heart, God will allow you to hear the idol. And I've seen it many times, many times. People want to be, you know, I had a brother in my church. He wants to be a preacher, and he could not preach. He would even invent English words. There was, that word was not in the English language. And then he would stand and speak, and he would just invent these words, and we're going like, Wow, that's an impressive word. What is that word again? We look at each other. It's not even in the dictionary. I mean, he couldn't preach. It was useless, you know. But every prophet that came would go like, you're a preacher. And he would like stand and look at me. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not, you're not, you're not. I'm your pastor. He doesn't hear you preach. You're not. And I had to tell him. I had to say to him, you know, and he heard it in the prophetic training, is that if you are so determined for something, God will allow you to hear that. Because he will give you your will. 
And so a prophetic person can pick up on the idol. Because sometimes you pick up on a person's soul. You get information from their soul. When you stand near them, and you're picking up their thoughts. And, and you have to have the maturity. to That's a source of information, but you have to work through it and then do the application. Are you all cool? All right. Very quick, one question, two questions, and we're going to pray for you. On the prophetic, anything, anything, anything. I'm such a good teacher. I've taught you into oblivion. I've taught you none. All right. Amen. You all cool? All right. Um, Pastor Bruce will, I'm sure, be adding to this. I think he's probably added a lot already, and maybe much of what I said is fill-ins. But I want to just go back again. Let's press in to dreams and visions. It's, it's the stuff of revival. It's the stuff of the move of the Spirit. Let's press for prophecy. Um, your prophetic messages will all be different um, because of your personalities and the depth and the, the extent of the gift. Um, it won't be like someone else's. Um, you might lean more towards hearing and less towards seeing and so on and so forth. But start by loving. Start by encouraging. Start by comforting. Be someone that will draw alongside of people and walk with them and be the encourager. You know, be the lover of their souls. Be more interested in them than you are in the prophetic, and you'll see the prophetic will naturally flow. Amen. Awesome. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Are we ready? So what we're going to do, uh, Prophet Bobby and myself, we're going to put oil on our hands. I'm going to ask some of the ushers to help us. We're not going to prophesy. We're not. There's a difference. There's a difference between laying on of hands for impartation and prophesying. You understand what I'm saying? So what we're going to do is we're just going to lay hands for impartation. Just lay hands on your anoint with oil. And what we're doing is just imparting to you the language of the Spirit, the dynamics of it. Whatever we have, we want to share with you. If, we've got any, if I've got anything to share, I want to share it with you. Amen? But just to, just to put a, a charge, you know, a, a download onto your spirit to awaken um, your seeing and your hearing, the dreams, the visions, and things like that, and just to um, initiate you um, a little bit further just give a charge to the prophetic gifting in your life. And again, I wanted to say that this church will be an example to other churches of the prophetic. This church will be an example to other churches. And it will be known in this area. Lipros machnash din grodes. Kalavichos amachnai. For you will see what I will do in this body, says the Lord. Trabe, chita, monste. It will be seen, it will be felt, it will be experienced. The breakout of the Spirit in this place will have more than a regional impact. Trabe, umchna. It will be citywide. Stapre, it will be to the south, to the east, to the west, and to the north. The move of God that I'm preparing you for, says the Lord, it will reverberate through this nation. You see, you've not recognized, you've not perceived, you've not known. Usta abe efrishna och de sir un prajeres dunde. 
There's been a gestation period. There's been a quiet pregnancy. There's been a deposit inside of you. There have been groanings and travailings. You've not known how to interpret the longings and the cravings and the desires. La mama itra, the wakefulness at night, the watchings, the cryings, the travailings, the meditations through the watches of the night. It's been the brooding of my spirit, the hovering over the womb of your spirit. And I've been depositing inside of you. Rehes, rehes, rehes. A move of my spirit. A move of my spirit. A move of my spirit, says the Lord. The theme of this conference is the outpouring. La Prama Eshtungas. I desire it more than you, says the Lord. I'm looking for a people who will host a mighty outpouring in this region. Hare, Hare, Huras. In this dry, this arid, this thirsty land, Rumpeke Mehishta, I will open up wells of living water for people to come and drink. Itra, Itra, Itre, soon. Will you take it? Will you take it? Will you receive it, says the Lord? This is what I want to do. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.